0: Ugh! Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best and only episode-by-episode episode Gundam Seed podcast. My name is Jeremy.
1: I'm Tyler.
2: I'm looking at this still and just, I got a laugh out of it. My name is Zach.
0: Why is this still funny? This one looks badass to me.
2: It's badass, but I just had the thought of the Gundam being like, why have you awakened <laughs> me, tiny people?
0: See, mine is more rangers! <laughs> Patrick Zola sent a monster to Earth! <laughs> Guys, we made it. The best episode of Gundam Seed. Episode 35 slash 33, The Descending Sword. Even the Crunchyroll comments agree. The top one was, I'm rewatching the series mostly for this episode. The second comment was, no, Moo, you're a likable authority figure with unresolved romantic tension with another likable character. Why are you saying cool things before you go out? Did you not read the handbook? (laughs) Thank you, Crunchyroll commenter, for providing material for my podcast.
1: So I've never watched this series before, if you've not listened to our podcast for some reason. My God, this episode. I wanted to
0: ask what your thoughts on it were, because we've been
1: playing it up. So I was wondering if we overhyped it or anything Um, like that. I'm not sure if I like it for the same reasons you guys do. I don't know. It's really fucking good though. So there maybe. Are,
2: there are very specific reasons as to why I like this episode so much. It's the last high point of the series, in my opinion, so I disagree.
0: There are a lot of reasons why I like this episode. I kinda wanna call our episode Atherin's No Good Very Bad Day. Just for those <laughs> last two minutes. I know. Catherine does not have a good day in this Although episode. Although that might be a better title for next episode. <laughs>
2: Atherton doesn't have a very good day for the next, like, week. (laughs) This is like the... the, Atherton is on the high point, you know, kind of high point because he had to kill his best friend, but he also got rewarded for it. And then he's got a month of just absolutely
1: (laughs) shitty days all
2: the way down.
1: So I have to ask, how do things go for Lacus?
2: You will find out. So, Space Empress. There's a reason why we keep calling her Mob Queen Lacus.
1: <laughs> you know, it had to happen at some point. Presumably, her father's funding the project. She makes some offers people can't refuse. On this I will day, the day of her daughter's the- wedding. I will stop wearing the color shirt if you let me free.
0: (laughs) All right. So I think we can probably just get into this one. Me and Zach are always arguing about whether you should start with this episode or go back. But in this case, I honestly think you should go back at least one episode because these two episodes work real well as a duo. Yeah, This this episode does not work as well without the tension the last one
2: builds. This one needs context.
1: Yeah, this one needs a lot of context that I think you would miss without it.
2: Although I've been saying that for this entire series. the series, you need context. Eh,
1: some of it. You can pick up uh, the asteroid episode. But
2: maybe no, you're like happens, me, so. and when you listen to a new podcast, you listen to the most
0: recent episode to decide if the podcast is any good, and then go back to the start. But uh, go back to last episode if that's the case. It was a good episode, I think. I think we all liked it. I'm I, I out of our podcast. Oh, I don't know. There is a very important bit that we forgot to talk about last episode, though. Which is our original game. We've got so caught up in our new game. that I was going
1: to ask about that because I noticed it in our Dropbox and I'm like, oh, we haven't played that game in a while. What game?
0: No, but our first game from even older than that, which is how many Gundams get used by the people who built them. We (laughs) are now up to one out of six. Yeah, one out of six so far. If you include the manga, it's two out of nine.
1: (laughs) I feel like the strike is even a stretch a little bit because like the people who built
0: it are not happy with the person who used it. It fought for the correct faction.
1: Yeah, that is true.
0: There is an argument you can make for zero out of nine (laughs) at this point, definitely. But yeah, this episode starts with a recap of the last one, which is appropriate because you need that context, and also it was cool stuff. We start with Kira getting to see the freedom again and repeat the mantra that Lacus gave him about will and strength not being enough individually, I suppose.
1: Kira stares longingly at the operating system. He's like, man, I can't wait to reprogram this with one hand while dodging bullets. Not to minimize the impact of this moment, but I couldn't help but think that the entire time. I'm like, how long is it going to take for him to hack this thing apart?
2: I don't know why. I've always liked the pre-firing on the thrusters when it's standing still. So, like, the thrusters are firing while he's just kind of chilling out.
0: It's a cool detail, because the thrusters would obviously have to go before the reaction happened and he took off.
1: Constant thrust, constant acceleration. Actually, I guess constant thrust equals constant velocity? And this show actually has that problem, because that's not how that would work in space. It's like one of the very few physical inconsistencies.
0: Look, like Star Wars, this is all based on dogfighting, so you use dogfighting rules regardless of the gravity. (laughs) So then we get the opening sequence, which I still really like it, but not a lot more to say about it.
1: I still like just really the way they juxtapose Mu and Rao. I'm pretty sure they're just clones. Perfect
2: Strike is still awkward as hell to look at. I like it. It is big and bulky for sure,
0: but I like it. So then we get to some footage that I know is shown last week, but it does help with for context. Like I said last week, I really like all the units that Zaft has brought to this fight. It gives it a real combined arms feel. And I really like that we get to see the Earth Forces fighting these mobile suits with tanks and planes. And basically, I don't actually know that wrong. most
2: of these shots were from last episode.
0: Not all of them. The one we just saw is from the first time the Archangel fought Dins and blew one up
2: yeah no i I just don't remember seeing any of these uh fighter craft there aren't, but then we get the Alaska chart exactly from last episode, <laughs> yep the
0: Alaska <laughs> and, chart, and we see some naval battleships fighting some goons, which is cool and the Zeno Zeno it rips up a battleship
1: you know I never really noticed the sweet Mohawk those things have. <laughs> those are actually practical for being underwater.
0: there's also some great techno Babble from the Archangel this episode with lots of stuff about evading. Their starboard flight deck gets hit by a missile and there's a giant hole in it. Keep that in your pocket for later. That always kind of made me
2: wonder because they get hit once and the flight deck is breached. Whereas when they were fighting against the mobile suits, they didn't have any problems really.
1: It's it's all that atmosphere. It really makes those missiles hit a little harder. Actually, it's just plot armor.
2: Or, you know, have they been fully repaired since their last encounter? Uh, They never took hits in their hangar base. They took a lot of hits. Yeah, but they generally took hits and guns, because if you're shooting down a battleship, you're generally not targeting the hangar bay. Especially when you know it's only got two fighter craft on board.
0: Fair. Anyway, we see a tank squadron taking out some Zoots, but then Bakus come and wreck them, proving Andrew Wellfeld's point that Zoots just suck. But anyway, I really like all this combined arms stuff. We don't see a lot of it, because Gundam is a show about selling cool mech action figures, not about selling tanks and jets. But I really like the rare times we see all the different forces kind of coming together. You only really get that in the high-level tactical video games and some of the early Gundam stuff. So it's really
2: cool to see here. As a Battletech fan, combined arms generally are fun. And there's a reason why there are, you know, hundreds of mech pewter figures and only a few dozen tank figures.
1: Because tanks are less cool than mechs? Pretty much. I actually really like the fact that we see the Earth forces getting their shit wrecked.
0: But also we see them putting up a decent fight. They are destroying mobile suits, but they're just losing so many more mechs than they're
2: defeating. Yeah, it's
1: like 1 to 10.
2: It's kind of already what we've heard about. The Earth forces are numerically superior, but they're so far behind technologically that even what looks like should be an overwhelming victory or even an even fight is just a rollover for Zaft.
1: This is the first time I feel like we've really gotten to see the effectiveness of mobile suits as they've been lauded in the series.
0: Well, there was that early bit where they wiped out that entire space fleet.
1: Yeah, I kind of ignored that because well, I the... feel like it was ship on ship combat at that point. Well, and the, the main problem with that particular instance
2: is that you had main characters involved. You had Athrun, Isaac, Diarca, and Nickel involved in that combat. And and yeah, so they, they, they just come clean. off as badasses as opposed to it seemed like a point Yeah, mismatch. because we didn't really see a lot of the mobile suits or a lot of the things that the Earth forces were throwing back in their faces. Whereas here, as you point out, we're getting a lot of the combined arms. We're seeing land, sea, and air, all of the stuff that the Earth forces have been employing, and they're all getting their teeth kicked in. So it really does reinforce that, oh, so yeah, these mobile suits are just that much more badass than what the Earth Forces have.
0: And from the reverse perspective, we get to see all the different ZAFT units in a combined arms fashion as well. And we can we see get that
1: to... the Bakus aren't quite as stupid as they seemed like yeah. they are.
0: Yeah, the Bakus and the Zoots get to do stuff on land. The Jins and Dins especially play like air support. We see Dins fighting fighter planes and we see the aquatic units taking on the battleships. And we also see the hero, Izak. Hero of Zap <laughs> on his duel in a ghoul, riding in with some Jin wingman.
1: I just remember this, but wasn't Izak's whole thing with the scar, that he was going to leave it until Kira died?
2: Until he beat him. Yeah, until oh. he beat Kira. But so because, because he... Atherin killed Kira, he's never getting rid so of it.
1: Unless he destroys the legged ship, maybe you count that as a close second.
0: He might, given the stuff later in this episode. He might consider that. Anyway, he sees some of the Bakus having trouble with some tanks, and he's like, up. Oh, can't have that, and he takes them out. But he also comments that he's not having any fun because...
1: This is too easy. Yeah. He got spoiled fighting Kira.
0: He wants to be a cool warrior guy, all about honor. But he's still doing his job when he sees some missile trucks fell up He takes them out with his stock footage attack. Go! Stock footage attack! So then we cut to Moo on a motorcycle, trying to get to the front lines for the base he was on. Where did he
2: get a motorcycle? Like,
0: probably I, stole I it. don't know where he
1: would have gotten a motorcycle. <laughs> Moo clearly knows how to hotwire. Yep. I mean, he's Moo.
0: There are lots of abandoned cars and such on the street. True. And also, he is an officer. Maybe he just went in and grabbed some keys. The place was abandoned. Who was going to stop him? Okay, that's fair. Anyway, there's a cool dynamic motorcycle shot. With a helmet, because safety first,
2: kids. (laughs) I had never noticed this before, but the hand closest to the camera, he's actually got his fingers out like he's getting ready to grab. I think that's the brake. I'm not familiar with motorcycles. I know one of them is the brake and the other one's the clutch.
1: And I'm pretty sure brake's on the left side, although it would make more sense to have it on the left side because generally the accelerator's on the right handle, but maybe it's a Japanese thing. I don't know.
2: I just like that attention to detail because I'd never noticed that before.
0: We also get to see the cyclops system again. While Moo is having internal monologues about, aw, oh, what's gonna happen? Damn it, I know! And then he does a cool slide into a hangar, runs up, helmet still on.
2: Although I like the fact that the helmet he's wearing is a combat helmet. It's not like a motorcycle helmet.
0: It's like it looks wrong, but in this really cool way. (laughs) Yeah, I
2: know. I love it. It's
1: great. You get to see more of the naval fleets just getting their shit wrecked. It's the Oleg. It's been sunk.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And like there's lots of cool combat dialogue from the Archangel this episode, which might be one of the reasons I like this episode so much. All the rapid fire communication. Anytime I'm playing Artemis, I just
2: want to recreate this scenario. (laughs) Whereas it's hard to do that because you have People on your Artemis crew, like me, who's like, just give me range to shoot my guns. I don't care how. But the Oleg has been sunk, and Maru orders
0: that they fill in the gap where it is. They do this really cool like slide dodge as they do, avoiding a
2: bunch of missiles that explode following them. One of the reasons why I kind of like that idea is because it also does show that the Archangel crew is... They know what they're doing because they've spent so much time being shot at.
1: And arguably, they might be some of the most experienced veterans in this defensive area. Like,
2: Maru isn't ordering dodge those missiles. It's, we're moving that direction. And in doing so, they're getting out of the way. Maybe it's just me applying something, but I'm also just kind of applying it as the helmsman sees the missiles coming, gets the order, and is like, All right, and does the shift in the proper way to dodge the missiles and is then going to move into where they were?
0: It's also just this real cool casual animation, especially compared to a dodge we're going to see later. That always looks awkward to me.
2: And Maru has kind of slotted into what Nataro used to do pretty well, actually. Well, she doesn't have a choice, but we do
0: see that she knows how combat works. She's familiar with it. Her problem was never being bad at combat. It was wanting to stay around and not leave anyone behind. But again, we also get this overwhelming sense of this the numbers Zaft has here. Like, they because- just took
1: out three units, and now they've got six more incoming. It's like a Hydra. And uh, Helmsman points out that we're not going to be able to hold them off
2: with the formation we're using.
0: So then the people who are down in the CIC, which are Psy, Millie, and two random dudes, start kind of do- doing chatter. And I was talking last week about how I don't feel like they do a very effective job of putting Patrick Zala over as a military strategist. But this works a lot better where they're just kind of casually being like, damn, headquarters has been completely outmaneuvered. And Sai's like, is everyone down in Panama? And they're like, yeah, that's what it boils down to.
2: Like, we just it have turns no out here.
1: that was the double plan.
2: Millie, Millie's question makes sense because, yes, they'll be returning here, right? But honestly, I think most good commanding officers would be like, yep. They beat us there, and there's no way in hell we're going to be able to put forces there
1: in time. It depends on what's left, because you might be able to affect like a pincer movement, but it depends on how quickly you can get there.
2: It also depends on what's still remaining as an anchor to act as the anvil. Yeah, But they don't seem to have enough forces positioned here in Alaska to function as a good enough anvil. But also from these guys' perspective, this is main base. They're probably thinking it's
0: perfect. It's like they can't lose it, right?
2: Yeah, that's probably true.
0: Like, even Patrick Zulla, his plan was to attack here to cut the head off at the snake. Like, he thinks that by taking Alaska,
2: he has won the war. And then right after they finish their minor conversation about this, someone ends the conversation with, (laughs)
1: Incoming missiles! And then you see the sky darkens with the missiles being fired at them.
0: We then cut to... Rao, who's hanging out on a cliff with his mobile suit, watching with some binoculars, and he's like, ah, so the Earth forces are sacrificing the Eurasian troops and the
2: legged ships.
0: How amusing!
1: Blah. So how did I'm he know about the reasons. Cyclops system in the first
2: place? So Other... we Presumably have... it was when he met with somebody on the base, if you remember a couple of episodes ago?
0: Yeah, there's this scene where he like walks down alone, and he even has this line like where he's talking to Patrick Zala, but it's narrating over him going down, where he's like, you never know where information can leak from.
1: Yeah, and I remember that scene. I just
0: And also when he okay. entered the base, he was like, "Ah, Azrael's information is accurate." And we haven't seen Azrael yet, but he knows what's going on, and he and Mu are sort of our windows into what's that really
1: going on here. might have actually been his reason for getting inside. There is to make sure that's actually going to happen because given the scope of what this thing does, that's a good thing to confirm. To, it, that, that actually is...
0: does make sense. He like has this information, but he wants to verify in person. Yeah. That actually does make sense. And that's a very round I've never thing, thought about that. But yeah, that does make sense. Yeah, there's a line here he has later that this episode, I finally figured out what was going on, but for the longest time, I could not figure out if later he's trying to send Isaac to his death or not. But anyway, he ends this with a line where he's like, well, I hope that the legged ship can survive this.
1: But why? Just
0: because? I don't know if it's like a worthy rival thing or if he has further plans with it, but he then takes off. So anyway, Mu is in the hangar. He sees some stuff blowing up. There's some nice carnage. There are people carrying people out without even a stretcher.
1: We're getting a bunch of combat orders. We get this really cool. What? The
0: 11th Air Defense Corps has been wiped out. That's impossible. And he's like, hey, who's in charge here? And it's no one. And then a high maneuverability Jin just flies in. Luckily, he doesn't execution style destroy the jets. He just kind of walks past.
2: I don't know why, but I always get kind of a laugh out of that kind of instance of, hey, who's in charge here? And just getting the image of the dude when we weren't looking, kind of looking at him going, you're a commander? Yeah, who's in charge here? You. You. Like, why am I always in charge? I don't want to be in charge. I'm not Charles, dammit. Do you see these rolled up sleeves?
1: Yeah, I was actually going to point out that despite all of this, Moose sleeves are still rolled up.
2: He tries to get a mechanic who seems to be despairing up. He tries he, to rally people. He's totally out of it. Moo does the 911 thing where it's like, you, you get
0: everybody and tell them to get at least 10 kilometers away from the base while well, he jumps into one of the generic fighter planes. I then think it's a,
2: um, what's it called? Skygrasper.
0: It is not a Skygrasper. No. Nah, it's okay. just one of
1: their
2: fighter jets. It looks similar. That's probably why.
0: And Moo's like, I didn't want to be a hero, but. And then there's this really cool shot of a Jin landing and Moo's super casually just shooting his
2: missiles at it. There's this real cool explosion, and it falls back into the outside. Yeah, it doesn't even
1: destroy it. (laughs)
2: It Well, it doesn't even show Moo. It just, Jin lands, and then missiles nail it, knocking it out of the hangar, and then Moo's just like, all right, takes off. There's a lot of
0: good casual badass moments in this
2: episode. One of the things that I like about that particular shot is that when Moo takes off, there's no one-liners or anything like that. It's just, this is my job. I've done this before. I will do it again, probably. I don't have any other options. He does have the line of, I didn't want to be a hero, but... Well, that's a different thing. That's kind of a complaint. Whereas when he blows up a gin, he's not like, see you next fall or some stupid <laughs> shit like that.
1: But that's because he's not Arnold Schwarzenegger, Zach.
0: But boy, that would be great. We then cut to some submarines and we see some Earth Alliance bigwigs with fancy uniforms with the sleeves down perfectly. Uh, and they're like, oh, I think they'll be in the base now. I would like to lure about 80% of them
1: in, I think. That would be cool. At this point, I thought these people were all in the base still. So I thought it was going to be like a noble sacrifice No, thing.
0: there's an establishing shot of submarines
1: that they're on. but I, can oh, see what I thought those were Zaft submarines. I gotcha. Okay, that makes so I, much I more sense. When
2: I initially saw this the very first time, I thought they were Zaft submarines until they cut to these guys. Combined with the fact that no one's in the control center and the fact that we just saw the submarines, I put the two and two together and said these guys are probably on those subs.
0: We are getting more and more obvious with what's going to happen. When did you figure it out, Tyler? Was it last episode when we were talking about stuff or was it? It at was, some point
1: here. Yeah, it was actually about right there. We then cut to another submarine
0: where Natarl apparently is not like, cargo. Because they're just throwing people on these submarines to get them out. And looks kind of depressed because...
1: She's isolated and she's an introvert.
0: And she overhears some people being like, hey, whisper, whisper, whisper. What? Whisper? And he's like, what about the people who are still out of Alaska? Oh, they'll fight desperately and then die. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Nataro's like, I don't like those people dying.
0: Then headquarters will activate their trap
1: card, and boom.
0: Almost exactly like that, too. You've
1: activated my trap card. Tragedy.
0: (laughs) Well, this is straight from Zeta Gundam. Very early on in Zeta Gundam, the AU attack Jaburo, because that's traditionally been the Earth Alliance base. But the Titans have moved it and sacrificed it and detonated a nuclear bomb in Jaburo. But because it's all the main characters invading, they escape in time. But anyway, Nataral acts horrified. And this is a real cool Natara moment where she's like, hey, Miss Badgerol of English demands you chair with the rest of the class. <laughs> wow.
2: Then we go back to uh, stock footage of the Archangel shooting down some missiles. But they've got the big hole in the hangar bay. Mm-hmm. I don't mind the reused animation because it's well done. It's also but a I'll good th- like cut to this establishing shot. Yeah, and also I like the consistency that there is still the big old hole in the hangar.
0: That's one of the reasons I, A, said to remember that earlier. But it's a cool bit of battle damage that's very obvious and it adds continuity to the fight. And the best thing in any anime fight scene with stock footage is continuity. The Archangel hits a hit, which appears to be to the top, but it somehow hits both of the... What are the big guns called? Valiance. Valiance, thank you. I'm the one who's supposed to remember the, that. The,
2: those are the rail guns on the side of the yes. ship.
0: And there's some cool damage reports, and you know, two more ships have been destroyed. Maru asks if there's been any word from headquarters, and Cuzzy he panics like, I can't get through! That's just an auto
2: message that says, uh, return fire as needed! it would make a certain amount of sense that you wouldn't be able to get through because you'd have everybody trying to get in contact because everyone's getting their teeth kicked in. And the helmsman honestly should not be turning around because he's freaking driving. <laughs> Never look in the backseat when you're driving. Yeah, it turns out um, it actually... he's got tall that to... way, but he's like, you know, the, the chain of command has been severed. At this rate, we're all going to die.
0: Sai's so like, hey, are there any reinforcements? So like, not that we see coming in. And then more incoming missiles. And Maru just has this look of despair. But reinforcements have come in that Moo in one fighter plane has <laughs> showed up. And it's like, hey, you guys are still alive. And then gets shot down. This is actually the first time we see a Saigu, which is a new <laughs> ZAFT mobile suit. It's the one that shoots down his plane. It looks very similar to the Jin, but it is not one. Moo very confidently is like, Archangel, come in. Come in. Answer me, please. Damn it. Screw I'm just it. I'm landing fly- anyway.
1: And they just flies into the damn hole. Well,
0: so we haven't talked about the dub in a while. I really want to praise it. Maru has the best line, which is, everybody get clear. Some nut in an aircraft is trying to make a landing, <laughs> which is delivered amazingly in the dub. It's pretty good in the <laughs> Japanese version, too, but it's just a great delivery. And Moo's response: hey, Get out of the way. Good so luck, anyway. all you other people. Luckily, they've blown a hole in the starboard catapult, so he's got a nice landing thing. And, le- and they even put some, uh,
2: crash webbing.
0: Yeah, for him to land into. So Moo just jumps right out, runs for the bridge, and one of the guys is like, is that Commander Laflaga?
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I love how Murdoch is just like standing there, like, he's caught between horrified and surprised, like, uh huh. Although none of those guys were appropriately equipped for nut job crashing on the flight deck, there was no fire suppression equipment out or anything. They got
0: the crash webbing out.
2: So anyway, Moo gets to the bridge and is like, Captain, and Maru is like, what?
0: She gets to the shock, like, what about your new assignment? Like, she or... doesn't even know where to go with this.
1: And Moo's like, it's not important. I'm a plot device right now. We gotta
0: go. I do love that Moo response to learning all this is, I've got to get back to the crew I was
2: on and warn them that they're being sacrificed. And I think this is like one of the first instances we see of angry face Moo. We've like, seen a bit of it, especially in that sham trial we saw quite a bit of it. That's not in combat angry face move. That's like I'm angry at bureaucracy and angry at authority figures move. This is I'm angry because combat move.
1: I love his description. This is one screwy plan.
0: We then cut to the interior of the base and see there are a few tanks in there, but they're getting destroyed, and more and more Zap forces are breaching. And Moog raises his hand in this great poem and he's like, Okay, listen up. And then he spells out what we've slowly been realizing, which is there's a giant bomb, a cyclops system under the base. That they're going to use to self-destruct after the Zaft forces get in.
1: Although, as we'll see, bomb is maybe not the right descriptor of what this thing does. The
0: Cyclops (laughs) system is not technically a bomb, but it's basically the same thing. It's a microwave weapon.
1: It's way more horrific than a bomb,
0: We'll get to that, but I really do love the way it's animated. But yeah, it microwaves you.
1: It's gross. And Um, Moo's like, basically, the Starship Bridge Simulator is about to run out. We're going to explode if we don't leave. Also the bomb.
0: And then we see the Earth Alliance guys on the submarine just sipping their coffee, looking at their bomb button. He explains that since ZAFT has committed all their fighting strength here, the plan is basically to take it all out by sacrificing a few units so the fighting will look desperate and it'll seem like it's still guarded. But... I mean, in
1: theory? And Maru's like, I can't believe higher-ups would do this. And Moo's like... Nah, I saw it. Also, I'm moo. What do you think? I'm lying here? The plan itself if is you practically have a, if, sound. If you
2: have literally no other option, the problem is
1: it's, it's horrible for the morale of troops. Well, right? that
2: and it, it's a suicidal plan. If it doesn't work because this is an alliance and they're throwing one of the member states' troops out, yep. that basically will fracture everything else and shatter the alliance
1: but and render all of your
2: chances dead.
1: But if it works, you win the war. Right,
2: And
0: I also in like theory, how it plays into like the coordinator's sense of superiority. To them, there's a fight, but obviously they would win it. So they're not like, yeah, this is too easy. Isaac's like, obviously,
2: this is too easy. There is no strike Gundam here. Ideally, what you would use is stuff like the... Ah, oh, hells, I can't even think of what they're called now. The mobile dolls from Wing Gundam yeah. to defend them. because Drones, basically? Yeah, you use drones, draw them in, use the drones, you don't lose anybody.
0: I mean, at some point... The, as is one of the themes they try to explore in Gundam Wing and fail. When does it all become drones, though? And the answer
1: is uh, Metal no, no. Gear Solid 5. I was going to say, we're getting there in actual reality, so...
0: Yeah, yeah I, I've said this before. It's scary to play Metal Gear Solid 2 now, and like that's just the way the world is now. <laughs> but anyway, Moo explains that the Archangels here because basically they've given up on the, it, and
2: Maru has this great, like, terrified we've, face. We've got some uh, animation on Maru's face. Yes, and, it horrified, and makes sense why it would be horrified. And then we get the new eye catch!
1: Oh boy, guys, is this one a doozy of an episode. It also really makes me question the general tactical judgment of the Earth Federation just gonna, you know, sacrifice one of their most highly armored and armed prototypical ships... Because reasons, you know. Anyhow, we're about to get some of that good Kira power fantasy coming to fruition stuff that Jeremy likes so much, which I think is really why this is his favorite episode. All in all, though, this one is pretty dang good. That combining arms combat in the beginning, there's a lot of good fight scenes, we get some more improvised weaponry, we already got some Moo being cool, Just a lot of stuff to like. I don't have any particular announcements this time. No one has contacted us in the intervening weeks since I last posted an episode, which is definitely how chronologically everything happened. So I guess normal bookkeeping stuff. If you want to check out our other shows at lastpodcast.com, this week's last time on video games was Tomb Raider, which ended up being surprisingly good. And this week's jump start was on the original Common Writer, which is pretty sweet awesome. It's come to my attention recently that people don't know that I make show notes for the show and that Jeremy does it for last time and that Kevin does it for Jumpstart. But a lot of times there's, like, cool pictures or links to, like, obscure stuff we're talking about or spicy memes. So those are definitely worth looking at if it sounds like a thing you're interested in. For Gundam specifically, I go and take a bunch of screen caps. So oftentimes if we ever mention a particular frame or still... I will have gone through the original, if I can find it, and pulled that picture out for your viewing pleasure. And now, for the obligatory plug, hey, go and rate us on whatever it is that you listen to us on. I recently made sure that we were on Stitcher and Spotify. I think Spotify was actually new, but I think last time it's been on Stitcher for a while, I don't know. Gundam's new to both of those, though, which is the important part. So, if that is how you like to listen to stuff, now you can. But let us know what you think. It really helps. Just, like, our morale more than anything. I don't think this show's ever going to be popular enough to, like, survive on ratings or anything. But we like getting feedback from you guys. Anywho, I'm going to let you get right back to it with some very dramatic and extremely well-aimed shots. We get... Three Gundams.
0: The Freedom, the Strike, and one we haven't seen yet. This is uh, the perfect Strike even. This is new to the HD version. It, yeah, I don't
2: recognize the one in the middle. I think I know what it is, but I don't recognize it.
0: It's got a different pack than it uses in the series. It's got its movie pack on. Ah, that'd be why. Or that oh, is the right one. I
1: didn't notice this when you come back from the eye catch. Instead of Athrun and Lacus, it's now Kira and Lacus.
0: And that is from the original version. They did change that. But the opening is always the Strike, the we'll be right back eye catch. The welcome back one, it does change Atheron out for Kira. That's actually pretty
1: pretty subtle. I like that. Because he's even Speaking in the for exact yourself, same... I
2: noticed it the very first time I watched this.
1: Oh, well. It took me until the second time. It's just like he's in the exact same position Atheron's in. He's in the same the position. The he's doing
2: the same
0: thing. So then we get right back into the action when it cuts back with the Helmsman being like, uh, so we're all left to die? Well, crap. Because he gets this great shocked face, he, like, even stands up. So
2: it just these other guys, so it doesn't look too but bad. Like, but, no. I mean, it makes sense. What other reaction would you have knowing you've been
1: thrown to the wolves? Cuzzy's reaction is, he's going to do this multiple times over the course of the episode. He just reacts way more than everyone else.
2: I think he thought he was going on vacation today. <laughs> <laughs> and he's <laughs> found out he's going to die. Well, I think it's also a matter of, because of all the stuff the Archangel's been through already, it's kind of an immortality complex. They thought, because we're on the Archangel and because we're who we are, look at all the shit we've already survived. We'll be perfectly fine no matter what they throw at us.
1: Except for all of our Kira's.
2: Millie's
0: response is much more subdued and also way more depressed, where she's just like, uh, because we're soldiers and this is war, we're just supposed to die if they tell us. Which, you know, like we were talking about
2: earlier, crushed morality.
1: And so I was like, yeah, then we get this ang- sucks.
2: We, we get angry Maru and a <laughs> desperate tanker.
1: And then we get, like, a wheel... It's, it's a Zoot. Oh, it's a Zoot. Okay. That explains why I don't recognize it, because it's a Zoot. And it's shit, so. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> I actually, I like the Zoot's fighting tanks. That's the only cool thing it does, but I like those shots.
2: They're heavy artillery, and it really doesn't come into play in these kind of combats, because of how overwhelmingly superior the basic models are.
1: Well, uh, not to mention because their basic models are just so damn mobile, they don't need heavy artillery, they could just move in close and shoot things. No, that's
2: my point, is yeah. that the the heavy artillery is... Um, redundant?
1: Redundant for what they have.
2: <laughs> Mobility has always been king in the Gundam series. Mobility is generally king in any kind of conflict. That's why knights in Middle Ages were so damn powerful. On okay. top of the fact that they were basically tanks. Then
0: Maria gives this real nice speech that I always loved, where she's like, if the objective of this mission is to just lure Zaft in, I declare we've completed this. Please note that I am the only one who made this decision, so no one else is responsible for it. And Moo even goes, hey, calm down. Don't put all the pressure on you. It's a
2: technical thing, because... She's like, they will hang me, they will not hang any of you. Because this is entirely my decision. Yeah. I love how like she makes this speech, and then immediately after that is giving orders to send messages like, to other ships to try and punch through.
1: Let's bail, guys!
2: Well, it's a situation where they can't retreat back into the base, which, you know, that would be the logical position it's to retreat. going to blown up. So they basically have to gather everybody out that they can and just punch through the Zapt lines. And honestly, the Archangel makes one hell of a hole punch.
1: Not to, not to mention, like, Zapt is not going to expect that at all. Like, why would they do that? And
0: why would they pursue their objectives behind them?
1: Yeah, yeah, I
2: mean the ragtag group of defenders that are clearly panicking and just trying to get out of there. So
0: yeah, she gives the orders to port full speed. And Mu's like, hey, hang in there. I'm going to take off too. You, you still got a Skygrasper on here, right? Don't worry. I'm the guy who makes the impossible possible. I'm <laughs> not going to die.
1: I was really hoping that he would like give out like five more epithets about himself. Like, I am the Hawkman. He's, ca- he's not coming <laughs> I'm just like expecting it there. <laughs>
0: I'm that guy who trained Kira once. So we see Rao return to one of the submarines with Flay still in his cockpit, and he sees Izak, who's refueling. He's like, yeah, I got past two gates. I'm going to go in for the main one now. And Rao gives this very thoughtful look, and he's like, you know what? Actually, the Leggett ship's giving us trouble. You should go fight it.
1: This is ambiguous because I kind of wrote this off earlier. But knowing what Rao knows now, and in hindsight, what is he doing here? I I think think
0: he's trying to save Izak's life. This always confused me because he specifically says, I hope the legged ship survives. So I always kind of thought maybe he's sending Ezek to die against it. But Izak said, I'm going into the main
2: base. And Rao's like, no. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's Rao trying to save his life. Because, number one, he knows that Isaac wants to get into the base, you know, be first one there, because that's kind of Isaac's personality. But because of the personal antagonism Isaac has for the Archangel As a convenient and its crew, other target, it's a convenient other target that Rao knows Isaac will jump on.
1: And Rao is placing his bets on the ship surviving. So Yeah,
2: because the crew is basically an elite crew at this point.
0: And I think he wants Isaac to survive, but he doesn't need him to. So if the legged ship blows him up, whatever. And Isaac is super appreciative of this. He's like, ah, thank you very much, sir. You won't regret this. And at the same time, we see Flay waking up in
1: the cockpit. And he's like,
2: oh, Ojo-sama. Hi.
1: (laughs) And she's like, a creepy guy in a mask? I'm going to run back into the cockpit I was just in. Where else are you going to hide? That's fair. I just, I feel like height is not the right reaction at that point. You're Push him. screwed. <laughs> She's smaller
2: than he is. The correct reaction is, hit the button to pop the cockpit closed. Because those no, close pretty quick, good, actually. Because <laughs> if he slipped, there is the potential his head gets squished. So we
0: cut back to the Archangel. Moo has now gotten in the Sky Grasper with the launcher strike, so he can blow up Dins just like he has before, using the same footage. Where did he get his flight suit? I presume it was on the Archangel. And then Moo has a very sarcastic comment, at least in the dub, where he's like, okay, we give you the main gate.
2: Why don't you just let us leave? Yeah, it's very sarcastic. Like, okay, you can just let us go now.
1: Let and then he just, like, does a strafing run on, like, five mobile suits I'd and ne- he pegs them all. I'd
2: never noticed that Striker Pack, when it's on the Skygrasper Grasper, has a missile launcher on that yeah, side.
0: It's because it's the gun that's on the shoulder when it's on the strike. And so it's just on the side of the Skygrasper, And this is a touched up scene for the HD version. It's in the original, but it's just this beautiful thing where he turns to the side and just lets that giant Gatling gun and grenade launcher rip on them. And he takes a bunch out. It's a shot that's in the original, but they
2: really touched it up and it looks amazing. It's not so much that he pegs all of them. It's that he let loose with enough bullets that he hit everything.
1: Well... Not only did he hit everything, he just destroyed like 10 mobile suits. He single handedly just outperformed uh, like
2: the entire I don't rest know of that <laughs> all of those were destroyed. It looked like only a couple of them were actually destroyed. I don't care. Although he probably damaged a lot of them. It's a difference between com- uh, combat ineffective and a confirmed kill. So it there's not a whole lot of difference in the immediate.
1: So the question is, is it just because it's Moo or is it because Moo is actually supposed to be better than all the other pilots?
2: It's Moo with anti-mobile suit weapons.
0: Those are weapons designed for the strike. That's right. It,
2: it's Mu who is already an elite pilot with better equipment.
0: Anyway, some missiles fire at the Eric Angel and we get this very awkward CGI dodge. That's probably the worst shot in the episode, and the poor ship that was following it gets pegged by all the missiles and destroyed.
2: There's a shot before this where we see the Archangel coming up on the blockade, and it's the Archangel and, like, two more ships with it, and that's one of them that just got shot down or sunk.
1: Good continuity.
2: And, as always, the duel is approaching from behind. When we go into the shot, we get a very, very high-def picture of the archangel bridge. and, and thing, it looks and pretty I, beat I, up i love that shot because it looks like you said pretty beat up and the, just the level of detail that goes into that yeah, it's a really good shot. frame so i really like that
0: and i really like the pacing on this <laughs> moo just destroyed a bunch a ship just got destroyed and now the duel's showing up and Isaac like, is determined to finally take this thing out he uses the sock footage tack
1: and, and then moo comes by and like tries to dissuade him and Isaac's like I'm not (laughs) Tiarka!
0: It's a weird line given how much he likes Tiarka. You would think he'd say, I'm not the Blitz, but I do like how determined he is. And he's like, I'm super awesome! He scores a hit on the, uh, like, launcher gun of. The the cannon gets nailed of the Skygrasper and Mu has to eject the entire pack as it explodes behind him.
1: How expensive are those Zanes? Do they have multiples of Presumably those? Presumably they
2: have a couple of spares of all the packs on board because the strike has discharged a couple of them and they've been damaged. I don't know that any of them have been destroyed like that before though. With the exception of the Ale strike. I was trying to think of any of the instances that we'd seen that they might have been destroyed. And I think you're right, is basically what I'm trying to say. Maru is trying to give orders to go a different direction and there's mobile suits over there. And the Archangels are getting closed into a trap, and then we go to a shot of
1: Kira Ex Machina. <laughs> we, yeah. We get Kira, like... Literally Ex Machina.
2: We get him descending into the
0: atmosphere like we know Gundams can because we've seen it with the strike before. We get some cool reentry effects.
1: He deploys his wings, presumably to, like, help him break or something. It's actually a really cool shot.
2: Uh, two more ships have been sh- sunk. One's been sunk, the other one's just immobilized. I like the fact that it's not all of them are sunk.
1: We actually get a scene of the Archangel maintaining internal damage. We lose a lot of the engineering crew over the course of this show. Well,
2: I mean, it makes sense, because who's on damage control?
1: I mean, that's fair. So the Archangel is basically about to go down. We get, like, he's panicking ducking
2: for cover, and be like, "Oh, we're gonna
0: die! And the other yeah. guy's like, Calm down, yeah, you idiot. Yeah, God it's, it's, what is damn
1: it, Cuzzy. I do like your interpretation that he just thought he was going to be on vacation and this is just ruining his day. It's because he's very bad, no good day.
0: <laughs> Every day is because he's very bad, no good day. Maru tries to fire the wombats and he's like, oh, we got to get out of here. We are going down. We see the, the missile tube gets, gets uh, destroyed. Moo is panicking over the archangel, but he's stuck in a dogfight with Isaac in the duel. The archangel is listing badly. We get this great proportion decreasing. We can no longer maintain lift. Techno babble, and we see the helmsman just
2: trying to fight against it. He says balance, but I think in the dub they actually do change that to lift.
1: Although that would explain the listing if it was balance.
2: Well, they were also dipping, so like they were going towards the waves. We get a bunch of shots of mobile suits making attacks on it
0: and getting destroyed. These are also touched up in the HD version. There's some of this in the original, but they add a lot of squad numbers and little decals onto the mobile suits in the HD version, which are real nice touches. This is one of those episodes that they were clearly saving animation budget for in both versions. So the (laughs) HD version looks incredible. And then we get this Jin finally break through the Archangel's hail of gunfire and level its gun right at the bridge. Yeah, point
1: blank range. range. Although... So it looks really weird in proportion because it, like, zooms out and shows it standing on the ghoul right in front of the bridge. And it looks way squatter than they normally do. I'm not sure why. The Jinn has always looked a bit squat to me.
0: But I do think that like I have to do that a little to make the proportions work with the ghoul. We've definitely seen the strike on the front like that, so there
2: should be enough space. Then we get a he looks like she's turning away and getting ready to run. Well, like,
1: what else would your reaction be? Yeah, we, like everyone just had a gun pointed at him. Here's how everyone reacts.
2: Yeah, we get a full
0: like slow motion reaction from the bridge cruel. Sai, like, closes his eye and winces and then
1: opens them. He like, actually does run away. I fucking hate Cuzzy. This kid. He's the worse he's
0: going for it and maru has this moment of shock and then this really determined look like bring it on and then we see the gun flashing and a beam destroys it from above and, and then we go up. back to normal speed and the pilot's like what and then the freedom shows up and it decapitates that gin
2: it just like flashes by and no one really sees it go past and then i think one of my favorite shots of the entire series is just the freedom rising up in front of the bridge and we get that, like, cool mark that's on the back. We don't really see that very often. Because, I mean, the, the crew doesn't actually know what this thing is that just showed up out of
1: nowhere. And it's like sitting there firing its back burners at them.
2: And we talked about the
0: Freedom's wings last week and the reason why I like them from a technical standpoint. But also, the Wing Zero custom, if you're familiar with it, has these literal angel wings
2: that are just a little over the top for me. This is a I little re- more subtle. I like the base wing zero because I don't like those angel wings. The they're too they're they organic for organic. The for
1: Freedom that.
0: has these metallic wings that still look really mechanical, but they still have that angelic effect, especially when it splays them out. And I really like this as a compromise. I think the only reason we don't see more mobile suits with wings like this is they would look too much like the Freedom. And we also get to see it venting from
2: the front, which is cool. I like the establishing shots of the Freedom. Like, we get the vents... We get a reaction from the pilot, then we get what looks like the Freedom's hip, where the sabers are, the gun, and it's all like vivid color. And as this is starting, uh, Meteor, which is
0: the insert song for Gundam Seed, starts playing. In the HD version, this is the first time we've heard it. It played earlier in the original, and I think they took it out to save it from this moment, because it's really good. It gave me my love of insert songs. (laughs) The recent Dragon Ball Super Special had one, and it was rad. But I don't think I would have thought that if not for this. And the freedom gets to look all chrome and shiny. I and like even panic Cuzzy like takes a moment to stare at it. I like aw. the
1: guy who sits back to back with cuz he's like flushed a little bit like he's like, I don't know. It's, it's the it's relief. It's, it's, oh shit, yeah. I'm not
2: dead. Man, the shots of the freedom like because we haven't seen it in its entirety yet in this episode. It's everybody because we get that and then we get Moo and Isaac are yeah. like, what the hell is that thing?
1: This is kind of a small point. I really like the effect they apply to its thrusters, like the weird sparkles it has. I
2: like it because... Presumably
1: they, it, that's radiation.
2: It creates like a corona around it, which really helps the angel, the angelic effect of the mobile suit.
0: Yeah, and then we get a shot of it just splaying its wings and we see that corona, and that is the shot that should be every Freedom Gundam trading card.
2: <laughs> it's, oh my god, it's fantastic.
0: And it's in front of the Archangel. And then Kira comes over to the radar. He's like, hey, I'm Kira Yamato. I'm here to help. Please get the fuck out. Leave. <laughs> <Yeah, we've... laughs> You've seen Moment 37, right? That great Street Fighter moment where this person has one sliver of health. That's you and battleships can't parry. So anyway, we get the bridge cool and um, Millie's like, Kira? And then Sai's so like, yeah, it is Kira. And then Mariz is shocked. It's, like, our Kira? And it's just Kira-kun in the Japanese. I really like both versions of it. And then we see Kira in that cool Zaft flight suit. I always just prefer like, the Earth Forces suits, personally. Me too. I do too, but it's cool to see
2: him in this, because it's different.
1: And well, it's also the, the juxtaposition that they've been making the whole time. The reason I don't like the Zaf flight suits is because they remind me of Zora.
2: The reason why I don't like the Zaf flight suits is because the, the helmet is mega awkward. Like, it's got this big, like, rhino proto horn on them, and yeah. it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, if they established why that's there, it would be a little bit better, but I, I always thought of it as, like, sensor packages for whatever reason are on board that.
1: Also, maybe that.
0: So, we see some djinns shooting at Kira. They, they've stopped being stunned for a moment. They've taken offense. And so he goes into seed mode. It looks like he activates it, like, at will. Yeah. And, and they actually have changed the effect on the activation. That is the case. And, like, when he would go into it, like, reflexively, like, the seed kind of drops and bounces and explodes. And here we just see, like, a zoom in and it goes. It's a very subtle thing that had to be pointed out to me, but it does, like, even if you don't notice it, I think the effect is clear that he's, like, doing this of his own free will now. And he
2: hits the boosters, like, full bore. And, and then we get up a super some,
1: targeting system We some get sort.
2: A, we get a moment that I will grow to hate. Oh, uh, but it's so cool here. It's so cool here because it's the first one. We haven't seen him do this, like, 900,000 fucking times.
0: We see him lock onto a bunch of targets. There's a mirror shot where we see, like, the lock-ons reflected in his visor. Uh, and then the Freedom brings the Sun's Out guns out and brings all its guns to bear on a whole bunch of gins.
2: Bring the pain, bitches. So is that
1: five shots
2: it's firing? Yeah. He's got
0: two over-the-shoulder cannons that are hitting the wings, his main beam rifle, and two rail guns on the hips that I really, really like how subtle they are and the way they come out. Yeah, they're uh,
2: basically like the Launcher Strike's main gun are the back cannons. Yeah. So...
1: Really quick, you've pointed out the differences in MO types before. Where yellow is physical and green is generally energy. What is red?
0: Um, Howitzer. Yeah, it's big energy. Okay. Yeah, like like the strikes beam cannon, a few of the ship cannons. Like the low end grin is red. It's just more power. Okay. This is another shot that's been touched up for the HD version. They've added in the Vulcans firing and they've also made the rail guns like they've split up the shots in the original. Those are streams. So they've made them into separate shots to make it more clear that they're like shells. And we see a whole bunch of the djinns getting hit and he's been targeting places like Non-vital the head areas. and weapons and he disables a bunch of them, but does not actually destroy any of them, which is cool. And I love Ezak's reaction. It was just, what the fuck is going on?
1: I was just about to win. Finally. What the and hell? Then we get,
2: I love how we get a shot back of the uh, Archangel. And like the first thing we see is on one of their main monitors. We see the freedom and then we see the freedom go away. Like <laughs> it's there for a second. And then it's like, I'm going to go over here now. It, and then it, it replaces it with Kira.
0: It adds to like the way of it feeling mobile. Because especially when it has all those guns out, it can feel kind of like a tank. So Kira's like, Ah, uh, Maru, get the fuck
2: out. <laughs> And uh she, like, is clearly still in shock, is like, um... Well, it's both uh, in shock because he's basically come back from the dead. Can
1: you imagine the emotional roller coaster? poor Maru has been on today?
2: That, on top of the fact that he just came back from the dead, he's barking orders. Yeah, he's like, clearly he a never much more confident that. guy. He, he never, like, really spoke or spoke back to anyone. He never took action. He reacted.
1: I'm just thinking, like maru lost her two bridge officers and then got reassigned and then she was going to be in like this stupid crappy position for a while and then they get attacked and then she thinks she's going to die and then she gets saved and then it's kira and well, like you, you, and you pop, popped onto the bridge for a while <laughs> yeah,
0: you, i mean that is why i love this episode so much because so much is happening in this short span of time it's really a climax
1: I really feel like just Maru is at the end of her emotional capacity to deal with anything at this point. Would make
0: perfect
2: sense and would be understandable.
0: But she's like, "Uh, yeah, we can't because they're going to blow up the base. So we have to go forward, not back. And she does look like she's going to start crying when she finally says, we had no idea that that was the plan. And Kira has a shocked look as well, but his only lasts for a moment before he goes back into action. And again, like Zack said, he's taking action. He... Does the lock on again, he brings all the guns out, and then he, like, gets on open comms and is like, hey everyone, this base is about to blow up.
1: And Kira's thing is, I don't want people to die, so.
0: And we get, like, a split screen reaction of Isaac, the
2: guy who almost destroyed the Archangel, and Moo, shocked reaction to that. Well, Moo looks determined, Isaac and the other guy look shocked, because this is old news to Moo. Moo isn't really caring, and oh my god, that. I'm, I'm sorry, like. I lost my train of thought because the shot Jeremy paused on is fucking fantastic. Yeah, I'm going to get to
0: that. This is created for the HD version. I know. this amazing
2: shot of the Freedom just shooting all its
0: guns. Not in, like, the typical stock footage thing that Zach has alluded to that he does so much he's going to hate. But it's just this really cool, like, just firing the guns. And then it cuts to this rear version and we see
2: the heat venting from it as those are explosions. The reason why it was so impressive to me, the, the initial shot when he was firing, is it had the main guns. Then, I mean, he hadn't started firing the, the last rifle yet, but there was smoke coming off of the rail guns. Yep. Yeah. Like, the way like, the heat vents off it is, aw, oh, it it's great. Just, it's amazing. Like, watch like, this episode. Jeremy's right. <laughs> they they saved up all the budget for the
1: animation here.
0: And the entire time, Kira is like, I repeat, the Alaska base is about to self-destruct. ZAFT and Earth Forces pull out immediately. And cuzzy sits back down.
1: I mean, to be fair, poor Cuzzy looks exhausted, but god damn it, Cuzzy. Uh, and then
0: we get Moo's kind of reaction of that like, uh, kid, sure, that kid, and Maru's like much more gentle, like Kira. And then Isaac, I'm not falling for that, as he just comes charging in with the gun. And we get this a real cool slow turn from the Freedom
2: blocking the shot with the shield. Honestly, I don't think that Moo is upset with Kira. It's more a matter of wow, yeah, this is new.
1: And then as Kira blocks the shot, he has flashbacks of all all Isaac's war
2: crime. Yeah. And he gets a real determined
0: look as, you know, Isaac e- e- is screaming and going at him, and Kira's got the calm just waiting. And then they, like, start grappling with Kira blocking the beam saber with his shield and then <sighs> grabbing Isaac's e- fist as he goes to punch. And then he's just like, hey, I told you we're going to blow up. Do you want to die? And Isaac's e- still not believing it. And then there's this great shot of him, like, aiming the railgun at the freedom, which is this awesome head dodge. Yeah, point-blank range, just kind of. No. The HD version adds this amazing, like, swoosh sound effect to it that's not there in the original. That is maybe a little too much, but I love it. Then the Freedom, like, goes for a headbutt, disengages as, uh, the dual slashes, does a sweet flip and pulls out his beam saber. And he's got- Backhand
1: beam sabers, even.
0: He's got leveled right at the cockpit, and, uh, then there's just this moment, and then Kira
2: lowers it and takes out the legs. That is probably one of my favorite scenes, because as much as I want Izak to die because I hate him, I love that moment because it goes through Kira's reason for why should this guy die because of the things that he's done and makes the very conscious decision to not kill him. Yeah, and we haven't gotten
0: like a monologue from Kira about how he's not going to kill any and or anything, but we've seen from his actions from this whole thing, he's not blowing people up. And this is kind of the exception that proves the rule. This is like a guy who put him through all sorts of emotional trauma, and he chooses to spare him. And kind of a guy that we already know kind of deserves it.
1: The question is, does Izak learn from this situation?
0: So we'll have to see that going forward. But then there's this great demonic shot of Kira behind him who's like, Hey, stop fighting and get out of here. And then he kicks him into the path of a friendly Din.
2: Well, he's not really in the path. The Din probably spots him and catches him. And Izak is, understandably incredibly confused as to why kira didn't kill him
0: and here's where the insert song ends and stuff starts to wind down and we cut to those submarines and some solemn looking officers and back but to perhaps the not room. solemn enough and they're like oh it's about time shall we and like the guy we haven't been seeing so much of says like i sincerely hope this brings an end to the war whereas the asshole we've been seeing for most of it just says for
1: the space racist yeah
2: the space racist says for the preservation of our pure and blue world I mean, the other guy I can kind of see being one of those generals who doesn't want to do this plan, but somebody managed to talk him into it, but maintained reservations about said plan for the entire time.
0: So then we see the Cyclops system under the base starting to activate. One of the Zaf soldiers is confused, and we see it blowing up one of the mobile suits. And then we see what it does to people, which is explode
1: them. There's two frames in there where you get to see his organs and skeletal and system. And his spine.
0: And it's just oh. it's horrifying. And the way he like fattens up first, yeah, it's just terrifying.
2: Which is why that's one of the only ones where we actually see a full line. Everyone else just kind of pops.
0: Yeah, and we see a bunch of Earth soldiers running, and it makes this like corn-popping sound effect whenever we see someone dying. That's just terrifying. And then we see one of the ZAF submarine operators like, oh shit, that kid was telling the truth. It's blowing up. And Sai's like, uh, it's blowing up. And Maru's like, extra maximum propulsion. We have to outrun this. And to be fair, this does seem like something that could be outrun, even if it would be incredibly difficult. We see a whole bunch of like downed bodies that might even be dead just exploding. We see the Earth Alliance battleships. We see a whole bunch of Zap mobile suits trying to make it out. The Jin that was going to attack the
2: Archangel's ghoul fails and Kira grabs onto him.
1: The decapitated and pun- one.
2: Yeah, and hits the burners to get him out of the way as well.
1: Good job saving that like, one guy, Kira.
2: Well, I mean, he is There's doing not what much he else can. he can do. Like I yeah. said to Lachis, he's going to do what he
0: can. He's at least doing that.
1: And so we start seeing the actual base fall apart as a result of this. One of my favorite shots is when it's like expanding across the street and there are all those dead bodies that just pop. Yeah, one of the things that I really just...
2: kind of wish was in there in the shot where the Archangel is flying away from the area with the Skygrasper next to it, I kind of wish there were some Zaft craft in that shot.
1: Just, just to show that everyone's running the fuck away. Wait.
2: Just because it, to show everyone is running away, and because of how many people were after the Archangel at the time. So Although Kira, Kira did a them. lot of work in in uh, knocking a lot of those guys out of there. And we get a very horrified Zaft bridge crew.
0: Rao's like, ah, oh, those naturals got us this time. Grin. <laughs> and then he has an evil smirk. So then we get to see a whole bunch of fires and destroyed mechs big mushroom cloud because you got to have a mushroom cloud and an aurora the freedom is sort of powered down on this rock Moose landed next to it his hair blowing dramatically in the wind as he like kind of tosses his helmet in despair the bridge crew just looks exhausted
2: i actually really like that shot of Moo just tossing his helmet because he just looks like, so fed
1: up with it, this well
2: it's one of those situations where it's like what am I doing here? He's a soldier. His job has been to protect his planet and his country, which we never actually find out which of the nations Mu is from. I presume the Atlantic Federation. But it, it's never actually established, it but it's might... kind of... We do see a bunch of Mu's pass, so it might be in there. It's been a long time since I've watched that specifically. Maybe. Episode, well, but...
1: clearly he's a citizen of Kul Gaisestan.
2: Well, one of those situations where it's like, what am I fighting for if they're just going to throw us away like this?
1: What's the point?
0: So then we see Kira attending to the gin pilot. who's like, hey, try to stay awake. Are you all right? And he's just like, Were you the guy in that mobile suit? And Kira's like, Uh, yeah. And
2: he just goes, You would have saved yourself some time if you let me die back there.
1: And then he dies. It's
2: one of those things where it really does kind of show that Kira wasn't going to leave him behind. But I'm not entirely sure if it's because he got caught in the, a little bit in the zone, or like what exactly causes this. Because it wasn't Kira. The Archangel didn't knock him out that badly.
0: I think it is. Like, we saw him a little, his ghoul exploding. So I think it was, he suffered internal damage, even if it wasn't enough to microwave him. And we get a real good, like, fist punching the ground scene from Kira. It was his frustration at not being able to save this guy. Even though it was one person, it was something that was important to him. And then we cut back to the plants where things are in disarray.
1: What do you mean, total destruction?
0: I've never heard of anything so
2: ludicrous.
0: What about Carapenteria? In any case, we need accurate information. <laughs> and
2: Atherin <laughs> is just kind of...
0: Yeah, like, Atherin's walking into the office being like, what's on fire? And he's like, hey, Commander Yuki, I recognize you. And he's like, Atherin Zella, the hell are you doing here? He's like, well, it's not a secret, I'll tell you. But uh, first, what the hell is going on? And he's like, um, "It looks like Operation Spick Break failed. We done fucked up. And Atherin has an appropriately shocked reaction. He's like, well, we're- And then
1: he continues, and he's like, the result is total destruction.
0: He's like, well, we don't have details, but one report is saying total destruction. And Atherin's in disbelief. He even says, like, you're kidding. He's like, and there's more bad news. Uh Someone stole one of our top secret mobile suits.
1: And it's probably your girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> and it was
0: arranged for by Lacus Klein. And then Atherin has this extra shocked look. He drops his briefcase. This is Atherin's no good, very bad day, like, in this moment. And he's, like, just- in total shock, like everyone else in this episode, arm's still broken, and he's just like,
2: I know Lacus. that's not possible.
1: You know why he's so surprised here is because his army of horror robots did not report this back to him.
2: <laughs> well, why do you think Lacus didn't take them with her? <laughs> <laughs> this episode is so good. There was a shot from what I presume is the next episode that I always thought was at the end of this one, but...
0: Yeah, it's kind of the end of Kira's arc. Like, he's gone now from being a shitty, useless, emo teenager. To being this confident guy who gives orders, it's not that there's not more development for Kira, but he's where he needs to be, because now he has a sweet girlfriend who supports him, which is really all anyone needs.
1: So, we're, when do Athrun and kigali get together?
0: Eh, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of Athranks before that. Let me tell you,
1: I'm okay with that. We need more Athranks,
0: but we get really good bits from Mu with him getting fed up. We get Maru doing full battlefield commander. Just some beautiful animation. Real good stuff from Izak, too. Most of that's on Kira's side, choosing not to kill him. But it's an intense episode, and it makes the entire series worth it. There isn't really a better episode. There are some other episodes where I'm going to say maybe that one's my favorite, but they're not. This one is. (laughs) This one is
2: the best episode of the series, and it marks, as I've said a lot in my opinion, where this starts to go downhill, but that's because of a lot of other reasons. It's got nothing to do with this episode. Well, it's got very minor things to do with this episode, but it's not this episode, the main problem. This one is just so beautifully done. Like, if you're only going to watch one episode of this series, make it this one. Watch two. Watch the one before I do.
1: Yeah. Well, that's why I said if you're only
2: going to watch one of them, pick this one.
1: These last two back-to-back, I think, would... I mean, that's not how it aired, though, right? You had to wait a week. Yeah.
2: Yeah. They really should have done those as a, as an hour-long special. Oh, well, they might today. So yeah,
0: one more time, Tyler, since you haven't seen this before, and we were really hyping this episode up. Like, what are your thoughts
1: on it? I don't know. It was gr- really my only complaint, other than goddamn Cuzzy, although, you know... Like, that's
0: true to his character. Yeah, I love to hate Cuzzy. That's true. Don't worry. There's not much more Cuzzy
2: left.
1: Yay! My only complaint is that, literally, Kira descends deus ex machina... Oh, no, it was a little I, heavy-handed.
2: I kind of like that, though, here, because it's not something they did a, they've did. they done a lot. There are things that I hate that come from this episode that they do way too much, but that particular instance is not a repeated theme. They don't do it all the time. No, The cavalry not, has to
1: show up sometimes. It's not the theme, and it's not even the cavalry. The problem is he literally descends from the heavens in a machine and then spreads his angel wings. That's what I love about it, dude.
2: <laughs> Fuck subtlety. Okay, I, fair enough. It's just such an impressive shot, and I would agree with you if it was something that was done on a more regular basis throughout general anime or TV in general, but it's not something that's overdone. So when a couple of series, or in this case just one, do that kind of thing, I'm okay with it.
0: All right, so high points. Tyler, you get to start.
1: (sighs) Oh man, there's a lot to choose from.
2: This episode (laughs) is a high point.
1: I am actually gonna have to go with Moos like super dramatic delivery of the news when he gets onto the bridge. The
0: way they animate like his hands yeah. shaking, ah, oh,
2: it's real good. Zach, Kira's refusal to kill Isaac. Yeah, that's real good. Like I, I wanted to say like just in general to say the whole episode and call it a day, but if I have to pick one moment from the entire series, it's that one. Just because there's so much bound up in that one action. And then he doesn't tell you. He just does it. He doesn't say at any point, I'm not going to kill him because of these reasons. It's just, he's done all these well, bad like, things. It's obviously
1: and... like, this is where his hand is going to go naturally. And it's like, he made the conscious effort to not. Yeah, because
2: right? it's one of those things where it's like, this guy did these things. He deserves it. And then he makes the decision, I'm not going to kill him. Mine's going to be
0: Kira descending down, decapitating a djinn, and then spreading his angel wings <laughs> in front of the archangel.
2: I was thinking about it, but I decided at the end of the day... I think the...
1: Uh, it's a cool damn shot, though, No, the exact so. thing is what I was going to go
2: with, too, but ah, you took it. Yeah.
1: Tyler,
0: I know it's hard, but do you have a low point?
1: Um, Actually, the scene with Flay and Rao, I think, it is my low points.
0: I've said before, that's a subplot they added in. Not, I don't know how last minute it was, but it was not in the original like plot outline, and I think it oftentimes feels that way. Do you yeah. have
1: any other thoughts on it? I mean, I hope they do something with it eventually, but... Zach? Blue and pure world. <laughs> I uh, see. For me, it's very easy. Why is there
0: no comedy shot of Diarka in the brig while the Archangel is doing barrel rolls? I and never thought shot about that. Missiles, and I'm going, <laughs> like,
1: what the hell is
0: going on? Please let Arca- me out. Or just him sneezing when Isaac yells, "I'm not the Buster."
1: <laughs> yeah, I was actually kind of surprised that we got no Diarka this entire episode. And like, I, there's no time for it, right? Yeah, like it would break the dramatic tension. Exactly. Frankly. Maybe that's a thing you need, but I don't think. No, we no that's this a episode. kind of facetious
0: lo- low point. Yeah. But. Because all you can do with Diarca, where he is now, is a comedy cut to him, like they would do with Flay sometimes, and that's not what this episode needs.
1: But man, Diarca—he's cool. Hopefully, we'll get more of him later. At least I'm not the buster. Well, clearly Diarca and Millie get together.
2: Yeah, but clearly, clearly they do that. But <laughs> you know, Diarca just kind of stays in the brig for the rest of the series. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's just conjugal visits. <laughs> So, Jeremy, we score any points this episode? I don't remember. No,
0: no, no points this game. There might be some points next episode. I don't think so. I know there are some of the episode after that. But you know what we do get next episode? I said he's coming back. Next week, he returns. Wait, who? What? All right, so we'll see you then. What? For episode 36 slash 34, if you're watching on Crunchyroll, in the name of justice. Bye.
1: Yes, I made it. Just in time.
2: Is it really... you, Kira?
0: (laughs) It's me. (gasps) Kira!
2: (gasps) Kira! How the hell did you... So, you're real, right? I mean, you're not a ghost, are you? Of course, that's the only explanation. This has been a Last Podcast production, copyright 2019.